Welcome to Tax Avoidance is Legal on TalkZone.com, the show that's here to make the topic of taxes fun and interesting while providing great advice for individuals and small business owners on how to mitigate their tax liabilities. Now, here are your hosts, Craig and Belsis Smalley. Good afternoon, listeners. Thank you so much for joining us on Tax Avoidance is Legal. I'm your host, Belsis Smalley. And I am your host, Craig Smalley. As always, we're really excited to be with you live on the air. Uh, what this show is all about to us uh, trying to challenge ourselves by making the topic of taxes fun and interesting. So uh, we ask you not to turn the channel and, uh, you know, listen up. We've got a great show today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, the election just happened and um, there were a lot of uh, states that, you know, they legalized marijuana for either medical or um, recreational use. So today we're going to talk about taxes for the marijuana industry because it's completely different than um, taxes for any other industry. So if you're in the cannabis in this industry, this is the show for you. So as Belsus mentioned, we're live on the air and we're happy to take calls. The call in number is 1888 go for it or 1888 463 6748. Now, we realize that a lot of people are at work or you don't want the people around you to hear a confidential tax question. So we have uh, set up an email for you where you can email your questions and we get a ton of email questions and um, the email address is info at taxavoidanceislegal.com. And before we move forward, I just want to stress that the advice given on tax avoidance is legal is general in nature. Uh, Craig W. Smalley, EA, and CWSCAPA and their associated entities cannot be held responsible for the advice given on this radio show. We always advise that you consult your tax and or legal advisor. Also, as Craig mentioned, um, we have our email info at taxavoidanceislegal.com. We have a website, taxavoidanceislegal.com, and you can always email your questions throughout the week to us. And any emails that we receive, we try to feature on our live shows. And anytime uh, we don't get to your email um, or on the air, uh, we, we try to squeeze in as many as we can. But if we don't get to it, we always uh, respond to you uh, one-on-one. So you will always get a response to any emails you send us. Um, and I want to stress that uh, the show is sponsored by CWSEAPA. We are a nationally recognized brand of accounting, tax, and financial services. Um, you can always reach us on our website at CWSEAPA.com or by giving us a call at 844-297-3272 and our sister company, Tax Crisis Center, uh, the nation's premier tax resolution firm. We also have a website, TaxCrisisCenter.com, or you can reach Tax Crisis Center at 1-855-IRS-2911. Oftentimes, uh, we get into some complex, uh, you know, you know, questions or uh, issues here on the air, and we don't always have all the time in the world to go into detail. So if you ever hear us talk about or discuss anything and you want to reach us uh, outside of the show, um, you can always visit our uh, business websites and give us a call, and we are uh, always ha- happy to help anybody. Yeah, so absolutely. So, you know, when I wrote this, I wrote this about, <clears throat> excuse me, I wrote this about, I don't know, about three or four weeks ago before the election. And at that time, there were 25 states that uh, have legal marijuana in some form or another. Now, that's gone up. And, uh, you know, with the state that we live in, Florida, we passed medical marijuana. So, you know, that that amount has gone up. But, you know, however, you know, 
this is a very, very, very complicated thing. And it's very, very crazy. The tax implications of the marijuana industry are crazy. So why is it so crazy? Tell us about it. Well, here's here's what we're dealing with here, okay? Okay, so I'm going to take you back to your civics class. So let's remember the Constitution, right? So we have federal laws and we also have state laws. So the states are free to, to have different laws. Well, um, if you're in a state where marijuana is legal, it's still illegal to the federal government. And especially when it comes to filing your taxes, it's a whole different ballgame. Mm, I could see how that could complicate things quite a bit, huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, I, you know, it, it, it's funny because I just wrote a, um, I, I had published an article in accounting today about this and. Yeah, and that, I did. You just yeah, yeah. Uh, had, and for those who don't know, Craig does, uh, he's a columnist and, uh, for accounting web and he also writes for accounting today. And uh, you did just have an article published in accounting today about this topic, don't, didn't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did because somebody was challenging it, but we'll get into that in a minute. But, um, I'm going to tell you a story. Okay. So I'm very famous for my stories. I'm very long winded and my wife usually <laughs> throws things at me, but, I'll try to cut him off, folks, when he gets too long-winded. <laughs> basically, basically, so, you know, some people's hobbies are sailing or something like that, but one of my biggest hobbies is reading tax court cases. I can't get enough of reading tax court cases. So, in 1974, we have a gentleman by the name of Jeffrey Edmondson. And who is that? Well, basically, he was a drug dealer, right? So, <laughs> okay. no, no, he was a drug dealer. So he served a, pri- a prison sentence. And back back in the day, what used to happen is when a drug dealer went and they served their prison sentence, they would come out and the IRS would audit them because they would want the tax on the income that they made on the drug sale. So, um, yeah, the IRS can do that, can't they? They probably want to see that money, even though it was uh, drug drug related. <laughs> Absolutely, absolutely. So what the IRS did was something that we've talked about on the show a couple of times. They reconstructed his income. So mm-hmm. um in restructing his income, um, you know, they they just figured out, you know, how much money he made selling drugs. Yeah, I bet that was fun for them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it, <laughs> it was fun for them, but they do it all the time. So, you know, it's always funny because people will come into me and I'll ask them how much money they made, you know, at tax mm-hmm. time. And they're like, well, I made a lot of money in cash, but it's not traceable. Trust me, it is traceable. So don't ever think the cash isn't traceable. I have seen, I have seen the IRS do cash flow analysis all the time. So yeah. cash is traceable. Absolutely. Yeah, so basically, um, Jeffrey Edmondson, he was a drug dealer, and he got out of prison. And when he got out of prison, the IRS audited him. They reconstructed his income. He didn't agree with it, so he took it all the way to the United States Tax Court. Mm-hmm. And and here's something that um, he did. Um, they reconstructed his income, but obviously, I don't know a drug dealer. Well, I don't know any drug dealers, but... Um, I, I wouldn't think a drug dealer would keep track of their income and their expenses, right, Faust? <laughs> I don't think so. Yeah, 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 yeah. So 
Another article that, that I wrote for Accounting Web had to do with something called the Cohen Rule, and I don't want to bore everybody to death, but basically what you can do in certain situations is you can sort of guesstimate what your expenses would be. And provided that you've used some sort of um, reasoning for that, um, the, the court will usually accept it. Hmm, is that what the that I've I've heard you mention the Cohen rule um, before? So is that what the Cohen rule is? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Basically, so so you know, so basically, what he did, and and this is very funny. So he um very simply, you know, he was when you're audited, the burden of proof falls on you, and you have to back up any amount of income and expenses that you claim. However, under the Cohen rule. You can reconstruct some of your income and your expenses through testimony in other ways. Hmm. Well, interesting. this was a very interesting case. So if you're ever bored one time and you're interested in this, and especially if you're in the cannabis industry, look up Edmondson versus the commissioner. This is a very, very interesting story. So the task force stated that Mr. Edmondson was so honest about his testimony that they basically accepted his testimony on what his expense would be. And one of the expenses that he had was something called cost of goods sold. So the best way that I can explain that is Mr. Ed- Mr. Edmondson, he basically received um, these drugs on consignment. And what he did was he would sell them keep his cut and then he would pay the the uh the person that supplied the drugs to him. So <laughs> that being said, the amount that he paid to that person would be his cost of goods sold, the cost of what it took to sell the item, right? So I hope everybody is with me. Are you with me, Bells? I'm with you on it. Yeah, it's pretty interesting actually. Okay, so so Remember, remember, we're talking about the United States and we're talking about 1981. And this is when Nancy Reagan was touring the country with her just say no. Just say no. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And the, and the war on drugs was going off. So basically Congress got a hold of this tax court case and said, Hey, wait a minute. We don't want these drug dealers just, mm-hmm. you know, coming up with expenses and deducting them. So, well, there's, the, there's one thing the IRS loves to do. It's to make an example out of people, isn't it? No, 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 no. <laughs> the IRS didn't make the example of them. Congress did. Well, this Congress, time. yeah. Okay. Yes, so, yes. so, so what Congress did was they instituted, they instituted something called IRC code section 280E. So I don't like to throw out a lot of code sections, but this is very, very important. What this basically says is that anybody that is selling drugs or doing any any other illegal activity, they can only deduct the cost of goods sold of what happened and nothing else. So today, so let's flash forward to 2016. So these legitimate businesses that are legitimate in the state, the mm-hmm. only expenses that they can deduct for their federal tax return is this cost of goods sold. So basically all they can do, so if they purchase marijuana, the dispensary purchases marijuana from a grower, that's all they can deduct. They can't deduct salaries. They can't deduct payroll. They can't deduct 
um, uh, rent. They can't deduct electricity. All of that is off the table because of because, because it's of an illegal activity. Exactly, right? exactly. Because it really puts them at a disadvantage. Because as we all know, as business owners, you know, it's very expensive running a business. So those other costs are, you know, can be pretty substantial. Exactly, exactly. So what I wanted to sort of do was sort of set the tone. And I know we're running up against a break and this mm-hmm. gets a lot more complicated, but I want you to know something that when Florida a couple of years ago, about four or five years ago, it's been in the works that Florida was going to, um, You've been trying to get this legalized. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Legalized marijuana is Belsus can attest to you. I read every tax court case that has to do with marijuana. I have become a marijuana expert. So (laughs) for the rest of the show, I want to basically go into like little ways that we can get out of this. Right. So, so my job, what, what clients pay me large sums of money to do is find ways around things. So, but, but before we go to break, I want to mention something. It is so bad for the marijuana dispensary, the marijuana growers, anybody in the marijuana business process, they can't even have federal bank accounts. Yeah, that's crazy. It so, makes it so really exactly, hard. Exactly. So you're taking a drug and you're making it an all cash business, which has its own. So, you know, these dispensaries, they have armed guards, they have bolts. I mean, the whole nine yards. So anyway, I think we should probably go into our first break and because mm-hmm. there's a lot more to this. And um, I don't want to run over break. Yeah. So I want to remind everyone we are live on the air. If you have any questions that you want to call in, uh, you can call us at one eight 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 go for it or one eight 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 four six three six seven four eight with your questions or email us at info at tax dot com. On the other side of the break, uh, Craig will discuss more about the cannabis interest industry. At Tax Crisis Center, LLC, we solve tax problems for a living. If you have a tax problem with the IRS, you've probably been inundated with postcards and letters from different tax resolution companies all over the country. Tax Crisis Center, LLC, is the country's premier tax resolution company. Unlike other tax resolution companies that will take your money and do nothing for you, once we are retained, we go to work. We get results for our clients and will handle your IRS problem professionally and expeditiously. Don't let the IRS push you around anymore. Give us a call at 1-855-IRS-2911. Email us at help at taxcrisiscenter.com or visit us on the web at www.taxcrisiscenter.com and let your voice be heard. CWS EAPA is a financial services company specializing in taxation and tax-related issues. Tax planning is a year-round activity. The biggest mistake that people make is thinking about taxes during tax time. When you have a complex tax situation, you need to plan for taxes on a year-round basis. Our specialty is mitigating our clients' tax obligations through careful tax planning. Tax avoidance is legal. Call us today at 1-844-CWS-EAPA or 1-844-297-3272. You can visit us on the web at cwseapa.com or email us at info at cwseapa.com. Put us to work for you today. 
Welcome back to Tax Avoidance is Legal on TalkZone.com. Here's Craig and Belsa Smalley. Welcome back to Tax Avoidance is Legal. Today we've been discussing the taxation of the uh, marijuana industry. I want to remind everyone that we are live on the air. Our call-in number is one eight 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 go for it or one eight 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 four six three six seven four eight. And you can also visit us on the web at taxavoidanceislegal.com and email us your questions at info at taxavoidanceislegal.com. We realize a lot of you are at work right now. It's uh, probably around your lunch break, and you may not want everyone in the office hearing you ask a confidential question, especially about the uh, cannabis industry, perhaps. So email us during the show, and uh, I am always checking that uh, email throughout the show, and we try to get to as many emails as we can. So uh, we've gotten a few of uh, the questions in, but I want you to finish your thought, Craig, because uh, you were right in the middle of that. So Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, Belsa, so, so what... What what do you think happens when when Congress enacts a law? What is my job? Uh, well, basically, you always try to find a way around it. Absolutely. So in 2000, so the first <clears throat> the first state to legalize marijuana in any way, shape, or form for medicinal purposes was California. So. In 2007, um, the Californians Helping to Alleviate Medical Problems Inc. and I apologize, I'm reading this. I had to, I had to take notes. So, so it was uh, Californians Helping to Alleviate Medical Problems Inc. Uh, versus Commissioner. It's basically known as the Champ Rule, but we'll get into that in a minute. They showed that diversification in the marijuana industry was a good thing, and we will so get into that later, but. The company began in San Francisco in 1996. It operated a caregiving facility for people with debilitating illnesses. Only one component of the company's um, uh, um, program was to actually disperse medical marijuana, and the other part of it was to do this caregiving program. So the company also provided counseling, daily health lunches, hygiene supplies, yoga lessons, and internet access. The members of CHAMP got paid a monthly, the memberships of CHAMP, so if you wanted to be part of CHAMP, you had to pay them a monthly membership fee. In 2002, CHAMP went out of business, and it filed its final tax return with the with the IRS. So the IRS found $355,000 deficiency in tax. Why do you think they found that, Pelsis? Mm, don't know. Tell me all about it. Well, probably because they were deducting more than the cost of goods sold that we had just talked about. So um, they disallowed a numerous b- business deductions, such as salaries, maintenance, and rent. The mm. IRS, yeah, the IRS contended that these ordinary and necessary business expenses, which were were precluded by 280E, which is what we've been talking about. So Champ took their case all the way to the United States Tax Court. Now, tax court cases, once a a case goes to tax court, it's Mm -hmm. all public information. So that's how we know all of this stuff. So um, because it argued that they had two separate trades or businesses, one that concluded caregiving and another that can, that included medical marijuana. The court agreed with Champ and stated that they indeed had two separate businesses. Now, what I'm going to do is I'm going to read a portion of the opinion of the judge. Okay, so bear with me. I'm 
I'm okay. quoting, I'm quoting here. Okay. And this is important. This is going to come up later. So it says the court said, we do not believe it to have been artificial, artificial or unreasonable for the petitioner to have characterized as separate activities, its provision of caretaking services and its provision of medical marijuana. The petitioner has regularly and extensively involved the provision of caretaking services, and those services are substantially different from the petitioner's provision of medical marijuana. By conducting its recurring discussion groups, regular distributing of food, hygiene supplies, advertising, and making available the services of personal counselors, coordinating social events and field trips, hosting educational classes and providing other social services, petitioner's caregiver businesses stood on its own, separate and apart from the petitioner's provision of medical marijuana. So what the judge is basically saying is they have two different businesses here. So we can take one part of the business that, that disperses the medical marijuana and say, okay, we can only do the cost of goods sold. But what they also did, what they said, well, another portion of this business is a normal everyday business. So mm-hmm. based on the opinion, the court allocated 18 and 25ths, and I don't know where they got that number from, <laughs> but, but that's where they got it from, of employee expenses, of caregiving expenses, all of the rent paid to the secondary facility not used to distribute marijuana, expenses related to truck and auto and laundry and cleaning of the caregiving side of the business. In addition, the court allocated nine-tenths, again, I don't know where they got that from, of the remaining expenses to caregiving. So basically, uh, this case opened up that uh, if we're doing uh, something other than selling marijuana, you could basically deduct those expenses. Absolutely. So are you thinking what I'm thinking? I think I am thinking what you're thinking. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So, um, but there's more to this. Okay. So there was another case after the champs case and champs was the very famous case. Mm -hmm. Um, when I was, when I got my, um, when I became, uh, when I was accepted to practice before the U S tax court, I did a whole bunch of research on the Champ case because it, it had just come out at the time. So mm-hmm. um, anyway, after that, there was Olive versus the commissioner, and the court held that the owner of the medical marijuana dispensary was not entitled to any business tax deductions. That's basically what the IRS said. So this included caregiving expenses provided alongside the sale of marijuana. This was because the court found – that the business solely consisted of trafficking marijuana and held and and fell under an exception. Olive took the case to the Ninth Circuit of Appeals because tax court ruled against them. The facts of the Olive and the petitioner opened up a medical, they they opened a medical dispensary called the Mm -hmm. Vapor Room Herbal Center, okay? And I'm just going to call it the Vapor Room. Olive's 2004 and 2005 tax returns and established that even though the dispensary transacted other businesses such as sales of vaporizers, games, books, and art supplies, further, further, and this goes further, 
And I got to go to my notes, and I'm so sorry, because I'm reading. This is a case, so I don't want to misquote it. Further, the dispensary gave yoga classes, messages, and had movie showings that were free of charge. A notice of deficiency was issued, stating that Olive could not deduct the cost of goods sold or any of the other expenses. The court agreed, and Olive appealed. Mm. In in Olive, the Ninth Circuit suggested that dispensaries, under some circumstances, might be allowed to reduce their tax liability by tying together caregiving expenses and marijuana sales. The court did so by distinguishing rather than contradicting the tax court decision in Champs. Since the court decisions are not binding on the circuit courts, the Ninth Court did not need to carefully distinguish Champ from Olive. However, in not calling into question the Champ decision, the court implied that it would find the expenses associated with the caregiving expenses of the dispensary similar to the ones of Champ to be tax deductible. Deductions may be allowed for the caregiving expenses if these services embody a separate trade or business for the behalf of selling marijuana. Hmm. So why don't you uh, explain a little bit what all that means because it's a little complicated. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what I wanted to do is I wanted to quote the case, okay? So um, basically what this boils down to is this cracks the door for running two parallel businesses, right? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. putting all of your expenses on the business that supports the distribution of marijuana, Harborside, Harborside is a, is a company right this very minute that has a case before the tax court. They're taking it a step further, trying to get um, IRC code section 280E repealed. Hyberside is the country's largest cannabis dispensary. They gross $30 million in sales and have three locations and a network of 225,000 patients. In June of 2016, Harborside spent a week in tax court over a $2.4 million bill from the IRS. So the lead attorney on this case knows what's going to happen. The tax court is going to reject it. He's going to appeal it to the circuit court. Mm-hmm. He's going to, and then guess what happens if it loses in circuit court, Belsis? What's that? It goes to the Supreme Court and wow. the Supreme Court will now have to interpret the law. So we are all hoping for the best with this, with medical marijuana. So, so here's what this opens up, okay? And I know we're running up an, uh, against another break, and I've thrown a lot of information. But if you have a marijuana dispensary, okay, mm-hmm. as long as you do something else, like sell shirts, have a restaurant, a cafe, <laughs> yeah, 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 whatever. And most, most do. I mean, most places absolutely, do. Absolutely, absolutely. But let's stick with medical marijuana because that's the easier one. Mm-hmm. You know, you have caregiving, you have other things that go along with the medical marijuana. So, so I'm sitting here as I'm reading this going, why don't we just form two different companies and mm-hmm. try to put most of the expenses on the company that we can deduct the expenses and on the other company just put on there the cost of goods sold. So I know we're running up against the break, Belsa, so I want to get into that a little bit more, and I'm certain you're getting a ton of questions. I sure am, absolutely. 
Yeah, so why don't we go ahead and take that break? All right, sounds good. I want to remind everyone you can call us at one eight 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 go for it or one eight 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 four six three six seven four eight or email your questions to us. Info at taxavoidanceislegal dot com is the email address. And on the other side of the break, Craig's going to start answering some of these questions that have been rolling in. Forming a corporation or LLC can separate personal assets from your business assets. No matter what state your business operates in, forming a corporation or LLC in Nevada, Delaware, or Florida has benefits. For example, forming a corporation in Nevada offers privacy and no corporate income tax. Forming a corporation in Delaware can give you the legal protection of the state of Delaware, which is business friendly. On top of the legal reasons to form a corporation, there are tax benefits as well. Give us a call today at 1-844-CWSEAPA or 1-844-297-3272 or email us at info at CWSEAPA.com. Come and see what you've been missing. Payroll can be a nightmare for a small business. When you have employees, you have to pay them periodically, pay the taxes associated with them, and file quarterly tax reports with the Internal Revenue Service and the state that your business operates in. Our payroll is seamless. It is done through a cloud-based system. All you do is put in what you are paying your employees and approve your payroll. We handle the rest. Our fees are lower than the national payroll companies, too. Call us today at 1-844-CWSEAPA or 1-844-297-3272 or visit us on the web at CWSEAPAPayrollService.com. At Albernus Business Services Incorporated, we view ourselves as your internal bookkeeping department and are always improving ways to leverage proven cloud technologies to streamline and improve the efficiency of our outsourced services. With an in-house bookkeeper, you would run the cost of about 45000 a year. But with our monthly services, it would be a fraction of that cost. Let us help you with the tedious, time-consuming side of your business so you can focus on growing your business. Call us today at 1-877-695-6658. Our website is albernusservices.com or email dalbernus at albernusservices.com. Your success is our business. Welcome back to Tax Avoidance is Legal on TalkZone.com. Here's Craig and Belsis Smalley. Welcome back to Tax Avoidance is Legal. Today we've been discussing the taxation of the marijuana industry. So I want to remind everyone that our call-in number is 1-888-GO-FOR-IT or 1-888-463-6748. And you can also visit us on the web at taxavoidanceislegal.com. Or you can email us with your questions to info at taxavoidanceislegal.com. Since I know a lot of folks are at work right now, maybe you don't want to ask those confidential questions over the air. Uh, we have a lot of emails that have been rolling in. Craig, uh, do you want me to start uh, sending some of these your way? Yes, I do. But before we get into the questions, I want to point something out. There aren't a lot of accountants that specialize in marijuana. And the reason why I do is that there is a misconception out there that 
we can lose our license because it is federally illegal and it would, it would be us uh, uh, um, aiding and abetting a drug dealer in the eyes of the federal government. That is just 100% untrue. And that's right. why, a, that's why a lot of accountants aren't getting involved in this and they're not doing this. So I'm one of uh, the very few accountants out there that are dealing with this. So um, I hope that I can help all of your questions. But if you're not getting this service with your accountant and you won't because this is very, very complicated, call us at the office, 844-CWS-EAPA. I would love to talk about this with you. Absolutely. And then not a lot of folks are tackling it this way. This is kind of a unique way that you've put a lot of of time and research into it and to finding ways around it. That's kind of your specialty. And now you probably don't want to talk, brag about yourself. It makes it sound like you're bragging about yourself. But I can certainly say that I know the time and dedication that you take in researching things, making sure you're always uh you know, uh, you're always on the uh, on the cutting edge of the latest tax laws and finding ways around them, uh, legal ways, obviously, and ways that you always uh, take the time to research and protect your clients. And, and find exactly, it. exactly, because this is something that is absolutely horrible. The people that are in the marijuana industry, they can't even open bank accounts. I mean, that's how bad it is for them. So, you know, I decided when, you know, like I said, five years ago, I really, really got into this. So um, this was the show, especially after the election, I thought was perfect for our viewers or for for our listeners so absolutely perfect timing on this show with with uh you know the election and then all all the new states that have now passed a medical and recreational marijuana use as well yeah and i'm sure we have a ton of questions so get to them okay so we've got one here from michael in seattle he owns a marijuana facility that also sells paraphernalia um he uh, it, he wants to know is uh, the expenses that are for the paraphernalia business 100% deductible? Yes, yes. But listen to me. Hear me out on this, okay? It's going to be very, very, very hard to run all of this under one business. So my advice to um, my clients in, in the cannabis industry is to form two different companies. One company that does nothing more than um, the marijuana sales and then one company that does whatever else, whether it's sell- selling paraphernalia, caregiving, whatever it is, you have two completely different businesses. So that way, and I will tell you that if you are in the marijuana industry, the odds of you being audited are probably about 80%. It will happen. The odds of that audit going to tax court are probably 90%. So you want somebody that can represent you at all levels. Now, I end at tax court. I can't go any higher than that. But um, I am working with an attorney right now who is catching up to speed that can go to the ninth, that can go to the uh, the circuit court after tax court. So um, this is something that, um, you know, we're getting our team in place and we are ready to go on it. And um, but, yeah, split these two businesses off. Absolutely. We've got a question here from Rick in Fort Lauderdale. He asks that if he opens a dispensary and cultivates his own marijuana, um, then has some type of caregiving component to the business, then uh, would all of his expenses then be deductible? 
not all of your expenses for the cultivation of marijuana that would still um that would still fall under uh 280e so you would want to separate that business off from the the um uh caregiving business and and run them as two uh separate businesses okay uh, Richard in DC says that uh all he does is sell marijuana. Uh it's his first year in business and uh you're saying that all he can deduct is the expenses that it took to get the marijuana that he is selling. Is that right? Absolutely. And my advice to you is do something else with that business. So um I'm not a I'm not a person that smokes marijuana. I'm not gonna tell you that I never have smoked marijuana, but um, something that would go really well with the marijuana dispensary would be a place to eat. So a place to smoke <laughs> your marijuana. No, no, stop and think about it. A place to smoke your marijuana, a snack bar. Um, you know, maybe you want to sell some shirts. Uh, you want to sell paraphernalia, things like that. You want to split those businesses off completely. So you can put a lot of expenses over into that other business because understand if all you're doing is selling marijuana, Marijuana, you can't even deduct the payroll that you're paying your employees. Stop and think mm-hmm. about that for a minute. So the only thing that you can that you can deduct is the cost of what the marijuana costs you, and that's it. And we know, like I said, we know running a business is expensive. So uh, it is, it is, and the taxes that that the people in the marijuana industry pay, a lot of them go out of business because of the amount of taxes, and you don't have to. We can plan around that. We do this all day, every day. That's mm-hmm. why I, that's why I positioned myself five years ago as an expert on this because, you know, with most businesses, it's all, it's all basically the same thing. It doesn't really matter what business you're in. Now there are nuances, nuances in every different business, but with this one, it is very, very, very particular. So mm-hmm. you have to be very careful. Absolutely. Definitely seek the advice of somebody like, uh, like Craig here who, you know, he specializes in this and he can definitely guide you and make sure that, uh, you can, uh, maximize your profits and cut your expenses down and your taxes down. And there's, there's a certain way that, uh, you want to go about it. You want to be careful with it. Absolutely. Yeah. Or, or you're going to pay so much, so, so much in taxes, it's going to put you out of business. Exactly. All right, we have a question here from Margaret in Nevada. Says that she is new to the marijuana business. Uh, she wants some help setting things up, uh, and she wants to know if you specialize in marijuana facilities. Well, yeah, we just answered that question. Absolutely, <laughs> give me a call eight four four C W S E A P A. Well, I offer a free consultation, and we'll talk about it. Um, we'll talk about it, and after our talk, I will send you a twenty five page. Um, tax plan proposal and what we can do to save money in taxes. Yeah, that's a good point. I don't think we we usually don't, you know, blatantly promote our services, but it is uh, important, I think, for folks to know that when they call us, they do have a, a free, um, we do do a free consultation, so they don't have nothing to lose. You know, if they've got questions and they want us to look into it, we're happy to do that. Um, Destiny here in Denver says that, uh, she has been burned before by accountants that claim to specialize in marijuana. Uh, how does she know for sure that you truly do? Well, um, this is very interesting. So I write a lot of articles. Um, I'm a columnist for Accounting Web. I've written articles for Accounting Today. I've been 
published in um, the the Chicago Tribune, yeah, who financed NASDAQ, uh, the the New York Times. So I do a lot of writing. So there is a journalist website called Muckrack. Search my name on Muckrack, and it'll come up with every article that I've ever written. I write a lot of articles about marijuana. In fact, I just finished one that um, is in editing right now that's getting ready to go out about what I'm talking about. And I was also published in a very um, – in a marijuana trade magazine. They came to me and asked me to write an article. I'm not going to burn you. I've been in business for 23 years, and I know this inside and out. And I know you have a couple of others that are uh, trying to get in touch with you. Uh, yeah, they are. They are. I'm, get, I'm getting so many offers to write. It's um, it, it's becoming to where I'm writing more articles and doing actual work. So, <laughs> yes, um, so well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, sometimes, Belsa, you've seen me. I've had to turn them down. But, yeah. um, but this is something that I'm very. I don't know if it's coming across, but I'm very, very passionate about this because. There are, there's so much money involved in this and there are so many legal things you can do to avoid paying taxes. Yeah. For those who don't know Craig, if there's something that Craig loves, it's a challenge. He loves finding ways around, uh, tax complex, uh, tax situations and this is right up his alley. As soon as this, uh, started becoming, uh, you know, popular or something that was coming down the pipeline. He was salivating at the different ways he could he could attack this. Uh, so, just- oh my, yeah, yeah, yeah. There were many, 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 many nights and days, and and I mean, I studied tax court. I, I've I've done it all. So. I am ready to go. It's now legal in Florida. It's legal in all these other municipalities. I don't, I have a federal license. I can operate in all 50 states and U.S. territory. So, um, give us a call, please. We have a question here from Marco in West Palm Beach who says that he is considering opening a marijuana facility when Florida legalizes it for medicinal purposes, which they just did. what do you recommend? He probably sent this question in just uh, just a couple of days before the election. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I I had taught I had told uh, Talk Zone that this is what we were talking about, and I'm sure that they promoted it. Um, so basically, here's how this is going to work in Florida, and this is how it works everywhere else. I know it just passed, but um, the the Florida Congress has to basically debate it, and then out from that will come a law. So we need to know exactly how Florida is going to legislate it, how they're going to mm-hmm. do it. But um, for right now, um, come talk to me because we can open up these facilities. They're they're going to start issuing licenses, and we can get on the front end of this now. It's- it's a perfect time now to start planning and getting uh, your ducks exactly, in a exactly, row. exactly. Um, as a matter of fact, um, Belsis is working on something very big with who was it, the Florida Cannabis Society yeah. or coalition. something? Like that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, coalition. Yeah, she's giving them my contact um, information, and I may be doing a seminar with them. So um, just hold tight because Florida hasn't legislated it yet. Let's see what the legislation says. Yeah, we have a couple of uh, places. I'm not sure if that's the one that we're doing the seminar with, but a couple of them that uh, we're lining up. So as soon as we get that information, we will definitely put it out there for everyone to uh, we will. take and advantage Belsis, of. 
and Belsus will tell you, she has to tell me to say no. I say yes to everything and she'll come to me. Are you crazy? You don't have the time to do that. And, um, so yeah, I say yes to basically everything, but Belsus is now, now she's my filter. So I'm going to have to clone you. Yeah. 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 We need one more of me. Uh, Mark in Anchorage says that he needs your help. How does he get in touch with you? So it sounds like, uh, he yeah. may not have heard our number there, but. 844-CWS-EAPA. Um, also, I'm going to give you my personal email address. It's Craig at CWSEAPA.com. Now, listen, I get about how many emails do you think I get a day? 350 uh, emails. I had 350 emails or so a day that require answers. I may not get back to you right away, but I do get back to you the same day. So um, if I don't return your email in, in 10 minutes, I will um, that day. I'm very easy to, to – I, I always make sure my emails are answered. Absolutely. He's basically attached to his uh, laptop, so you will get an oh answer. My- I just looked down and realized it was 1245. We should probably make two of these shows, but I know we should probably go to break. Yeah, I think we're going to take our final break. I want to remind everyone to call us um, at one eight 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 go for it or one eight 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 four six three six seven four eight with your questions. Email us at info at taxavoidanceislegal.com. On the other side of the break, we'll try to squeeze in as many more of these questions as we can. If you are a business that has outgrown your accountant but are not big enough for one of the big four accounting firms, CWS EAPA Consulting may be perfect for you. We specialize in tax consulting for small to medium-sized businesses. We can advise you on whether it is time to start a holding company or management company to mitigate your tax liability. We can advise you on whether it is a good time to expand your business, hire employees, buy equipment, or lease equipment. There are different tax reasons to do different things. Let our over 22 years of experience work for you. Call us today at 1-844-CWSEAPA or 1-844-297-3272. You can email us at info at cwseapa.com or visit us on the web at cwseapa.com. We're doing something amazing and we want you to be a part of it. Craig Smalley is the author of 12 books regarding taxation. Two of his books have been revised this year. It starts with an idea revised edition takes you through the startup of a company. It talks about taxes, entity structuring, the IRS, and so much more. The Complete Guide to Estate, Gifts, and Trust Taxation Revised Edition is about how to navigate the complex estate tax. Both books have just been released by CWSEAPA Publishing, LLC, and are on sale now at Amazon.com. Now, let's get back to Craig and Belsis Smalley for more of Tax Avoidance is Legal on TalkZone.com. Welcome back to uh, Tax Avoidance is Legal. Uh, today, we've been talking about the taxation of the marijuana industry. I uh, want to remind everyone that uh, our call number is 1-888-GO-FOR-IT or 1-888-463-6748. You can visit us on the web at TaxAvoidanceIsLegal.com or email us your questions to info at TaxAvoidanceIsLegal.com. 
Yeah, now, Belsis, before we go in, and I know we always use our last segment for questions, I just want to point something out that I'm, I'm very, um, I'm very passionate about this. And the reason why I am is that, like I said, people go into the marijuana business and it's a very, very, very extremely profitable business. The problem is, a lot of the dispensaries go out of business within the first year because of this um, uh, 280E that, that we've been talking about. So just setting your business up properly, you don't have to go out of business. Just give us a call, please. The worst thing in the world, the worst, there's a lot of money to be made with marijuana. The worst thing in the world that you want to do is go out of business because you can't afford to pay the the tax bill. And I know it's something you're really passionate about. Uh, yeah. Got a question here from Jennifer in Boston who wants to know, uh, and this is a really good question, do you think the states and the feds will ever be on the same page? It would be nice, wouldn't it? Um, it would. I think uh, with the election that just happened and the uh, conservative justices that will, uh, you know, um, uh, for sure be uh, um, added to the Supreme Court, I think that it's um, probably about 10 years away from the time that the states mm-hmm. and the, the feds will agree. But um, unfortunately, that's the bad news. Yeah, absolutely. I agree with you there. I've got a question here from Gavin in Miami who asks, uh, how uh, did you become involved in advising? And uh, you're going to have to help me here. I don't know if this is a real word or if Gavin's been. Uh, oh, uh, OK. I'm looking ca- at the, uh, Canada. Cannabis cures. It's he's putting <laughs> cannabis. He's putting cannabis and entrepreneur in the same thing. I so, like it. Cannabis. Yeah, 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 yeah. Cannabis cures. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So how I became, like I said, sort of in the show was, um, you know, I became very passionate about this. Um, I'm going to share something with you. Um, my mom passed away in 2010. Um, from, uh, um, terminal cancer and she had had it for a long time. At the time, um, she had lost a lot of weight because of chemotherapy and the only thing that she could get at the time was something called Marinol, which is a very, um, a very low dosage, um, type of marijuana, um, that she could get. And I saw her and, and Belsa saw her. She must have lost 150 to 100. She was, she was skin and bones and, you know, it really would have helped with her nausea, really would have helped with her appetite. And it was something that I became very passionate about. And, um, you know, when I saw, um, you know, how the feds and the state weren't on the same page, um, and that a lot of these, these companies were going out of business because they couldn't pay the tax bill, bill. I was like, there's gotta be a way around this. So I immersed myself in this and, um, that's how I ended up knowing everything that I know about it. Yeah. Because, uh, you know, I think that we're going to see a surge obviously now of folks, uh, starting up these businesses and, and, um, hopefully they will do their research and, and seek advice like this because if not, I, it's going to be sad to see so many folks jump in thinking this is going to be a great business venture, which it can be. And then, it is, and there's a lot of money to be made in it. There really is. Hate to see anybody start off, start up a business and then get discouraged when they realize, uh, you know, that it, it's, it's the, the fact that the states and the feds are not on the same page makes it 
really hard for them to do business. So exactly, yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Well, that's why we're trying to get that information out there. Um, we got a couple of questions to try to squeeze in here. Ernie in San Diego says that uh, he has a uh, dispensary that's mission is more caregiving, but a small amount of the mission of the business is to hand out marijuana. Uh, how should he set up this business? Hand out marijuana, meaning you're giving it for free, or is it like part of like a, like so like a membership fee? So, Ernie, I've got um, what's his name, Ernie? Yeah, Ernie and Sam. Yeah, okay, Ernie, I've got a, several more questions that I would have to ask you. Mm-hmm. I'm very sorry, I can't just give you a blanket answer, but give me a call eight four four C W S C A P A. I'd be happy to talk to you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that sounds like maybe they have some type of maybe they're trying to assist folks who maybe can't can't yeah. uh, afford the marijuana or something. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Margaret in Nevada says that uh, she's new to the marijuana uh, business and uh, she wants help setting things up. Uh, uh, do you specialize in marijuana? Well, yeah, we've kind of touched that. We that. do, yeah. That must have been an earlier question that she sent. Yeah, we do specialize in setting it up. But setting it up from the beginning properly is the best way to go. So, yeah, give us a call. Mm-hmm. Okay. We've got a question here from, let's see, Michelle in L.A., uh, says that in California, the companies that are set up have to be not-for-profit companies, so the expenses wouldn't matter, would they? Yeah, they're not-for-profit for California, but they're actually for-profit um, when it comes to uh, taxes. So, yeah, they have to set them up as a special type of corporation in California. I believe that that's changing now that it's uh, legal for recreational use. But um, when it comes to uh, federal, the federal government, you file a regular uh, tax return. Okay. Diane in New York City asks, um, what would be considered a caregiving expense? That's a good question. Well, yeah, well, very simply, like if, if we go back to the champs case, they were talking about yoga classes. They were talking about... Um, you know, different things that they were doing. Maybe massage or something. Exactly. Like that. Or somebody comes in and you give them a class on on something. So yeah, those are caregiving expenses. Caregiving is anything other than um, dispensing marijuana. So yeah, um, caregiving can be just about anything. Okay. Uh, Dave in Boulder wants to know. Um Let's see, uh, if the expenses that you incur in your marijuana business are allowed when it comes to state tax. Yes, yes, they are in the state that they're legal in. So, yeah, 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 they are for state tax. And uh, see a couple more questions, trying to squeeze every mm, as many as we can in here. Doug in Reno asks if uh, these marijuana rules count for edible marijuana. Oh, I have oh yeah, 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 yeah. Marijuana is marijuana. So, yeah. Mm, okay. Very interesting. Uh, Jake in Rochester asks, if your main business is cultivating marijuana, then all your expenses are costs of goods sold, right? Well, no. No, 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 no. I mean, paying of your employees. I mean, no. If you're cultivating marijuana, you're taking it from a seed, you're growing the seed, you're um, actually harvesting it, then you're selling it. No, not all of that is cost of goods sold. Yeah, it of takes people not. to get all that work yeah, yeah, done. Yeah, so your actual cost of goods sold is is the purchase of the seed, the planting of the seeds, um, the cultivating of the marijuana, but you know the expense, the salaries and everything else, the purchase of the land, none what of that has to be 
What about equipment and things like that? Yeah, the equipment that has nothing to do with cost of goods sold, so none of that would be deductible. That's a good question. All right, final question um, of the day always comes from Gregory in Orlando. Uh, he wants to know what your thoughts are for uh, the – what do you think about the World Series and how that all played out? I got to tell you something, okay? So as everybody knows, I'm a Cubs fan, and in my living room, I have uh, the Cubs win flag, and my wife is amazing. She lets me hang it above the TV, right? So it's it's been hanging there for a very long time. So anyway, game seven, I about – I just was – here we go again. I mean, Hendricks was pitching such a great game. They took him out in the sixth inning and brought in Lester. And mm-hmm. when they brought in Lester, that cost them two runs because Lester has his own special catcher. And, of course, Lester's a starting pitcher. He's not a reliever, and that's two different things. So he comes in, those two runs go by, and then the rain comes, even the rain. There was even a rain delay. And then Chapman comes in. He came in way too early, in my opinion. Yeah. And the Cubs went down. They came back. They came back. They went down. Finally, finally, they won. And I've got to tell you, it was very satisfying. I was very happy. Um, and, and I think it's great that they're World Series champions now. Absolutely. Hopefully, and, and the good part about it is they have such a young nucleus of a team, hopefully they can repeat. Oh, I'm sure that they will. I was ecstatic. Uh, of course, I'm going to let you put the uh, fly the W. I am, uh, you know, grew up in Chicago, and I couldn't be happier for the Cubs. So definitely not going to hear anything from me. That that flag can stay up there all year as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> Absolutely. See how awesome my wife is? Well, I think this is going to conclude today's show. I'm going to go I out on a high note. Out, yeah, Belsis, Belsis, before you leave, I know that there's more questions that have come in. Yep. Um, I will answer those questions as soon as we get off the air. Um, and I usually spend the next uh, hour after we get off the air answering these questions. If you do have a question about marijuana or if you need anything, again, this is something that most accountants don't specialize in, and I do. So send me a direct email. I normally don't give my direct email, but it's craig at cwseapa.com. This is something that is very important. I can save you millions of dollars just by setting you up correctly or changing the way that you're set up. So please, please, please give me a call or send me an email. All right. Well, the show is uh, sponsored by Tax Crisis Center and CWSCAPA, and uh, you can always reach us um, at 844-CWSCAPA. Thank you so much for tuning in, and we really look forward to next week's show.